for this, I need to give a little bit of a backstory as to what lens I'm using to view all of these different readings. And my journey as a teacher began only uh, four short years ago in the fall of 2018. Um, and at that time I had, <laughs> I was married just three days before, uh, my starting my position. And, um, that first year I was also a house parent on campus, which means that for, uh, 16 lucky girls, I acted as their mom away from home. Um, I was very, very stressed out that entire year, um, not to get too personal or anything, but I lost uh, even a couple of friends that year, I had no mental health what, whatsoever to speak of. Um, and so my lessons, of course, I had five subjects that were brand new to me, I had never uh, even tackled any of them before. And my only saving grace was that I had worked eight years prior to being a teacher out in the business world. And uh, three of my main subjects were IB business. Um, and only two of them overlapped because two of them were grade 11 and one of them was grade 12. So I was doing four new lessons every single day, plus all the marking. Because of that, I now know, um, technically only going into my third year because uh, this past year was maternity leave, that a lot of my lessons came out of pure survival. Um, it was definitely not the best way to uh, help the kids learn the material or the students learn the material. Uh, it definitely didn't engage any of their learning styles. There was nothing creative. I found a system, one system that worked for me, and I ran with it. And then, like I said, out of, out of pure survival. And now I try really hard not to judge that because I do know where I was at the time. Um, but I do know better now. I do know that there are so many different things that I can do. And so in my second year of teaching, I made a pact with myself that I was going to slowly chip away at my survival lessons, as I will dub them, and move on into lessons that I felt much more comfortable with, that I felt better about, that I felt did all of the things that I want them to do. And in saying that, I am always throughout this entire master's on the lookout for ways to improve my lessons. So that's really the lens that I use for absolutely everything. And as I go through these three readings, that's what I'm looking for. What can I do to help these students understand the material, but also apply it to their lives. Because as I go through and talk about these a little bit more, you're going to see that that's really part of my personal ideology that I bring, is I want these students to understand the world around them, because of course I am going to focus on my business classes, and they're the ones that really... Um, I see those students going on in the future and doing things, and I really want them to have a good understanding of what's going on. So the first reading I did was uh, one of the supplementary readings, and it's Toward a Pedagogy for Reconciliation and Indigenization, What It Is and Why It Belongs in the ESL Classroom, and it's by Christine Cole. And I took a little bit of liberty here because, of course, I'm not necessarily teaching in an ESL classroom. Uh, I do understand that uh, a lot of my students 
uh, their second language or their first language is not English. And so there is a little bit of uh, teaching them English throughout. Although I will say that the majority of the students in my class are, have a very, very strong grasp of English already. Um, so, but I did take the lens of how do I incorporate more indigenous processes into my teachings? Because again, I'm looking at it from a lens of how can I make my lessons better? And certainly this is one way to do it. So what in, in the reading, she talks about using the medicine wheel. <clears throat> which is basically this um, directional circle that she uses. And it has, you know, the east, you vision, you see it all the way back up to the north where you have movement and you do it. And I looked at this and I said, oh my God, this is, you know, this is actually what my students need right now. They need this little uh, resemblance of a diagram to show them that, yeah, this is actually how I do want them to move through the processes of some of these more complicated concepts. You know, you see it, you relate to it, you figure it out, and then you apply it, you do it. And I loved it. And I said, oh my God, if this is what we're talking about, if this is you know, using some of their uh, methods of teaching to incorporate that into our classroom, then, oh my God, that's something that I can get behind. Because I was one of those teachers that fell into the trap of, oh, I definitely feel that an Indigenous person would be better at this, or I don't feel that I am educated enough in, in this area to, to respectfully present it to my students. And even towards the end of the article, she talks about, you know, that we shouldn't just uh, marginalize these indigenous to the tragedies, the, the genocide that has happened in their past. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. And it has completely changed my perspective of how I need to incorporate into my classroom, because I was trying to think of how can I incorporate indigenous into a business curriculum that the curriculum comes from uh, Britain, Great Britain, because uh, it's an IB curriculum. And so I was kind of having a little bit of a struggle with that. But here, here it is in front of me, this medicine wheel that I can use. And I just thought that was wonderful. And like I said, if this is what I'm teaching, if this is how I can help my students to understand Indigenous peoples and their way of knowing, then yeah, count, count me in. I'm totally on board. So the second reading I did is, uh, again, a supplementary reading, and it's The Matter of the Stick, Storing, Restoring Children's Literacy in the Forest, and it's by Deborah Hayward and D Diane R. Collier. And again, I took a little bit of liberty with this because I, um, the, the children, quote unquote, that I teach are often um, grade 11 and grade 12. Um, I have taught grade 10 in the past, but I didn't uh, the, last, the last year I taught. Um, so oftentimes when I'm looking at uh, readings that don't necessarily, quote unquote, pertain to me, I'm trying to find that common ground between the kids and or the children in the story that were you know, very young, three, three, four, five, six kind of thing, um, to the students in my classroom who are, you know, 16, 17, 18. I've even had a 19-year-old in my classroom. And I am trying to understand what common element there is between this article and what I can do with my students. And all of a sudden, it sort of hits me towards the end. And they're talking about allowing play. 
and thinking about matter and how it matters. And of course, the analogy here is the stick and all the things that it represents. You know, it can be a window and it can be a stick and all these great things. And I was thinking, oh, my, my students don't play in that way. And then I thought about it and I was like, but maybe they can still play with the natural environment. <clears throat> and even if I'm not letting them free and their imagination is running wild with sticks, there's still a lot going on in the natural environment around us that does have business themes. So right now uh, I'm teaching in Windsor, Nova Scotia, and there is a huge debate going on about the causeway. And the causeway is um, is being divided. It's being uh, twinned. The highway is being twinned that goes over the highway. And there's a whole debate of the habitat for the fish and um, and the rite of passage for them to get back to their um, breeding grounds. And then there's the other side of the debate where businesses are suffering and farmers are suffering and uh, the people of Windsor are suffering because it's creating a lot of dust storms. And I thought about it and I was like, oh, maybe they necessarily don't play, quote unquote, but if I just let them go and explore that idea of two sides to the argument, to businesses, relating some of the concepts in class to this uh, issue that's happening right outside our door, because of course I teach at King's Edgel and it's literally right down the road, um, then it, it's something that they can link the natural environment to the business world, something happening in their backyard. And I think, oh, okay, this is wonderful. If this is what, again, we're talking about, about linking the natural world, listening to the natural world, listening to matter, to more than human matter, um, then I think this is how I can incorporate all of those things play into our classroom. And the last one I did was actually C10. Uh, so it's provoking the not so hidden curriculum of busy with a feminist ethic of joy. And it's by Sarah Bonsam Kuki, uh, Lindsay Harrett, and Megan French Smith. And uh, well, this one, <laughs> this one definitely hit home for me a little bit in a personal level. Um, the idea of busyness um, with competition, you know, they, they talk a little bit about what you get, what you get and um, the feeling of, of having to be competitive to fit. And some of these uh, our authors are actually PhD students and they're, they're still having this drive. And again, I looked at this and although it hit home for me personally, I sat for a while and I tried to think about how I could incorporate this into my teaching. Because again, that's the lens that I'm, I'm using here. And then I thought, wait, <laughs> wait a second. If I look at the students in my classroom, almost all of them are about 50-50. There is about 50% that are male and 50% that I should say that identify as female. And so I'm looking at this and I'm like, oh, I can encourage these women to get involved in the passion that is business. And even though I've only been teaching technically for two years, and uh, the end of my second year was, of course, 2020, and we all know what happened there. And I was also very heavily pregnant at that time. Um, although that happened, I got many, many lovely messages from my uh, graduates out of out of my class um, who said, wow, thank you, Mrs. Murphy, because you have actually instilled a passion in me that 
didn't exist prior to entering your classroom. Because if you think about it, there's very, very little business talk uh, in, in anything grade 10 or below. And so they hit my classroom and they have no idea what 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 business is going to be all about. And granted, we only had a very small percentage of what's happening. But to have um, students say that I've built a passion for them in this profession, um, it's really, I, I say it's really what being a teacher is all about. And I've had a number of students already go on to post-secondaries in some sort of business or commerce, um, pursuing some sort of degree in those. And so I really think, you know, I can be helping some of these women in my classroom to feel secure in choosing joy. And they are making a personal connection with the curriculum and with um, the bigger sense of business and the business world and, and feeling like they might actually belong. And I think that's huge because the business profession as a whole, um, especially when you look at senior management and CEOs, is still very much a male-dominated industry. And if I can do my part to help some of these women, like I said, find that joy and find that personal connection, um, then yeah, I can I can get on board with that. And I feel that that is something that I feel very, very passionately about. So I applaud all of you who have made it to the end of my um, my ramblings here a little bit. Um, there is a lot to think about, and it definitely makes me excited to to go back to work in September because, uh, of course, I haven't actually been in the classroom since March of 2020 because of my my mat leave, and of course we we weren't in the classroom after March of 2020. Um, so I'm very excited, and I'm very interested to see how I can develop my my lessons and change my lessons to incorporate all of these things. But I just wanted to leave with a bit of a question. And again, this is something that stems from that first year. I have a little bit of trauma, I think, from that first year. And for me, it's how do you not get bogged down in all of the things that we have to do as teachers? I mean, I can go through the motions and I can, you know, go from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. But if I actually sit and think about what it is that we do, what, what it is that our profession does and all of the different things that we should be incorporating into our classroom and constantly striving to do best practice and constantly striving to incorporate new technologies and all of those wonderful things that I wholeheartedly agree with. But sometimes I get bogged down in questioning, how do I do this? How do I practically, balancing now young kids in my personal family with uh, keeping on top of all of these things? You know, once once I'm finished my master's, I'm, I'm not, not planning right now to do any more education. Maybe that's the answer, to go and do more courses down the road to keep fresh. Um, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to throw it out to you. What do you think? How do you not get bogged down in the big question of, of what it is that we do and how practically do you incorporate all of these things into your lesson? Okay. Thanks for listening.